So sometimes we don't practice what we preach. We always forget stuff when we go camping. Well, yeah, usually. Because we don't keep a checklist like we should. <laughs> so aluminum foil. Um, marshmallows. Yeah, we're always out of marshmallows and we bring the crackers and we bring the chocolate. Yeah, we forget the marshmallows. You think we remember the marshmallows. Maybe next time. Goobers. <laughs> Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Brandy. We are full-time husband and wife, part-time RVers. Sharing RV tips, tricks, and our adventures along the way. Hello and welcome to Cramming Memories. This is part two of RV Newbie. What can you expect? When you're expecting? <laughs> yeah, when you're expecting your first <laughs> camping trip. Oh, okay. That sounds good. Last week, we walked through some of the stuff that you need to buy. Planning your first trip. How do you prepare? Pre-flight checklist. Don't let those tires fall off. Driving. Don't drive like Dale Earnhardt. Number three. No. Drive a little more reserved. Leave enough room in between you and your friends on the road. Um. And then we just talked about um, where you need to stop along the way. You have to think about that because you're longer. Yeah. You're bigger than driving your Civic to work. (laughs) Absolutely you are. So now that we've talked about driving, stopping, where to get gas, um, leaving enough room, when you arrive to your campground that you've called and made a reservation. Yes, your reservation is intact. And or you know they have a spot. So if they don't take reservations... I'd call a little bit before you got there to make sure that they had some free sites. Yes, absolutely. You don't want to be there and um, everybody's excited to camp and then they're booked. Yes. Tip number one for checking into a campground, no check-in time. You definitely need to know your check-in time. So um, make sure that you're looking at campground reviews or reviews of the campground that you're trying to, to stay in. Um, make sure you check out their website to get all the information that you need. Um you definitely need to know what time you need to be there. Because you're going to run into one of two kind of people when you're checking into a campground. Super friendly, bubbly. Happy to help. Happy to help. They're happy that you're there. They're happy to be there. Or why are you bothering me? You're an hour early. You can sit out there in your truck until check-in time. <laughs> and I'm like, but sir, I think I think the site's empty. Well, it's not 4 it's o'clock not four yet. It's not 4 o'clock yet. So, yeah, definitely know your check-in times. And go ahead and find out the checkout time, too, so you can be planning for that out so you, so you can be ready to rock and roll. Once you get there and you check in and you know your checkout times, too, you got to go find your spot. So there, there's a couple ways to do this. We're in a travel trailer. Typically, I'm not going to walk back to it because it could be far away. I have seen a lot of people that are in A classes and C classes that are towing a toad that will go ahead and disconnect their toad and drive their toad back there and find their spot. If that's you, that's smart. Yeah, we can't do that. No, we can't do that. But that's really smart because then you can go ahead and kind of lay the land. You lay figure the land. it out. How is the camper going to fit on this this site? And you can go ahead and park your car. Um, then Then whoever's with you can go drop you back off and go ahead and make it back over there. Um, we just roll down the windows, roll up in there and take, you know, take it easy. We drive around and find our, find our spot. Um, as I'm pulling up to it, I usually try to get an idea of how I'm going to get in there. Um, one major problem that I think you don't need to get yourself into is as you pull up to it, before you pull past it to prepare to back in, if you're in a camper or even if you're in an A class or C class. 
Go ahead and get out, especially if it looks tricky. Get out, go stand in front of that campsite and look at it as you're thinking about backing up. Because Especially if this is your first time trying sure, to back into a spot. For sure. There is no shame in checking it out all. before you back up. Now, there will be people there judging you. Uh, they're, they're totally watching. All the old men sit out there, and I think they just uh, they wait for sip you. on their diet colas, and they wait, and, and they watch, and they and, laugh. And then they talk with, with their buddies, but, but it's that's fine. fine. Don't pay any attention to them. Get out. Take you know, take a look. Um, whenever I pull up to a, a site, a lot of people have dubbed this the um, RV swoop. Yeah, so you, you like, like that. Yeah, you kind of like steer towards your site, then away, which actually pitches the nose of the camper towards it. And as you steer past it, it kind of lines you up better. He's doing hand motions I'm doing the hand motions. You can see what I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) Always have somebody spot you whenever you're backing up. Yeah. Now, one little um, tidbit, too, is if you're making your reservations, a lot of times you're going to know your site number. So there again, look at campground reviews or the campground um, website. Sometimes you can actually see what your site is going to look at or look at Google Maps. We've done that as well, too. Just to, I mean, obviously, you're not going to see everything about your campsite, but you're going to get a little bit of an idea. Yeah, sometimes Google Maps, I have a great picture uh, that, that the satellite took during the winter when all the leaves are off the trees and you can see the campsites. So it just gives you kind of a kind of an overview prior to you ever getting there. Just so you can kind of get in the right frame of mind as you're driving through. Yep. Always let somebody watch you back up, though. Um, like Brandy and I have talked about, um, as you're backing up, you usually lose sight of one side because you're having to cut it. So I don't need to see what I can see out my mirror. I need somebody on the side that I can't see out. And uh, talk to them. Take it slow. Don't feel like you're in any hurry. You are going to be blocking up a road, probably. Oh, yeah, because they're usually one way. Yeah, they're one way. It's okay. That big uh, 3,500 Cummins diesel that's sitting there that's, that's, that's idling. He can wait. From this guy that's traveled 450,000 miles with his camper. <laughs> let him sit there and watch you and judge you and wait. Yep. Don't, Don't get, in, get a hurry. in a hurry. Not now, if you get to a spot and it's really taking you a while, um, but he could pass, stop, wave at him and smile and say, come on by, good friend. Yeah. And let him go by because that'll take that pressure off of you. Um, but always have somebody spotting for you. So therefore, spotting for you, you would either need to use your cell phones, and if cell phone service is not available, make sure you have walkie-talkies in your travel trailer because that helps instead of yelling out of your windows. Yes, because that way if things get uh, things get a little heated, uh, everybody's not hearing you yell. That's true. Or you <laughs> use telephone chains and just... You tell one kid, tells another kid, tells dad. Yeah, that's that's true. Although, make sure the kids put their phones up. Or they're just like, yeah, come on back, come on back. <laughs> you just wrecked everything. All right, you've backed this camper in. You've got it leveled with either your Anderson levelers or your block levelers that you've linked off the kit site. Yes. And you've bought on Amazon, two-day delivery. If you're Amazon Prime, I love it. Um, and you're ready to disconnect from, from your truck. Are um, you? Well, maybe. So um, here's a tip that I always tell people. As you're disconnecting from your truck, make the absolute last thing that you disconnect be your safety chains. Because it is possible as the uh, trailer comes off of the ball of your hitch for something to pivot. Maybe you didn't get the wheel chalk in well. Well, yeah, you didn't mention your wheel chocks. Or maybe you forgot to put your wheel chocks down. 
So, a little story here. I got a buddy that owns a camper. He lives in Georgia. He knows who he is. We love him. We love him. And uh, he called me and told me this this little story one day. And uh, they were backing up in this campsite that was up a little hill. And down at the bottom of the hill was a nice, beautiful lake. A lot of trees in between, I'm sure. And he backed up to the site and he leveled up. And he put that ton jack down. And that trailer released from that ball. And it took off. The, the travel trailer. The travel trailer took off. He, he didn't chalk his wheels. And... He had already removed his safety chain. So if he oh. would have had his, his safety chain still hooked up, it would have made a big boom and but it would have know, bumped his truck. But yeah, his truck would have totally stopped it because you're only talking about it traveling a couple feet. So big tip, I always remove my safety chains very, very last once it's disconnected and I'll even let it disconnect and I peep out around both sides and make sure I've got my wheel chocks in there. And typically it's something I don't take anybody's word for. No, I'm not, Dad, hey, make it's sure good. that I'm he like, has no, them I'm going to go put my eyes on this. And then once I'm up off the truck, everything's settled in, wheel chocks are there, then I disconnect my safety chains. So why don't you do that? I think it's a smart decision. Our friends learned that lesson. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Some other things that you need to think about um, before you disconnect from your truck and even before you level, whenever you back in and you're like, this is a great spot. You need to make sure that your slide can totally come out if you have a slide and that your awning can. All right. Right. Yeah. We have been in some spots where we think that we're in well and then we look, we're like, oh, wait, I don't know that our slide can come out. So we have to readjust and that's starting that process all over again. And that's kind of a pain. Especially if you've disconnected from your truck. Yeah. We I usually don't like make to do things no, twice no, no. We usually make sure that our spot's pretty good before we disconnect. So. so have a little tip about that one. Yeah, we've learned this one. It's really been helpful. So what I've done, um, I'm a big fan of pool noodles. We love a pool noodle. I'll slice them and I keep tools in them so that whenever they bounce around, they don't damage stuff. But I've taken a pool noodle and I've set it on the side of my camper and I've let my slide all the way out. And I made a little mark about an inch and a half or two inches past my slide, and I cut it. And I keep that pool noodle. So if I ever back into a spot and I and I think, this is looking pretty close, I take that pool noodle and I just stick it on the side of my camper and I just walk down the side with it. And if that pool noodle clears, I know that's at least two inches of clearance. Such a great tip. Such a great tip. Come so on, people. So smart. Come on, people. Do it. Do it for yourselves. <laughs> this is going to be great. So definitely check that. And your uh, awning is also one. I've actually gotten into sites that there is no way to get in them with and, and let your awning come all the way out. Absolutely There's not. There's too many it's trees been so around. Frustrating. So, um, but those are the two things that you definitely need to check for sure. Next little topic here. I didn't know it was up for debate. But apparently, I have seen more posts lately about RV newbies asking, well, if you get to your campsite and your tanks are empty, why are people hooking up their sewer hoses before they really have to dump the first time? Um, why don't you just wait for a couple of days? Um, I don't know if there's a right answer. I think you could do either. I've just never thought about waiting. Well, I mean, I don't build a house and then wait to put in my plumbing when I need to go potty. That is true. So I typically go ahead and hook up everything. Water, power, um, if, if we're full hookup, go ahead and put that, that drain hose out to the actual septic line. Um, that way, 
if for whatever reason it's 930 at night and the kids say, I want to go take showers and they fill the gray water up. I'm, I'm not out there fumbling around at night it's hooking it up. always at night. It's always at night when everything goes full. So I do go ahead and hook up my sewer. But apparently there's some people that don't and they take great offense that I do. So <laughs> I guess I to each to his chill. own, but you know, that's not the way we handle it. Very true. RV newbie thing to think about. Basic bathroom usage. This is not hard, but it is different. It is different. You have to think about it. All right. In the toilets, all RV toilets that I've ever seen, they typically have a foot pedal on them, whether it's on the front or the side. You press it all the way down and the little valve opens and water comes out and it flushes it down. You do a half press and it just fills the bowl up without opening up the little valve in the bottom, right? Yep. So... Here's another little tip. Before you use the bathroom, do that half press and let it fill on up a few inches, right? Because what that does is that helps carry any waste or paper down. Yeah, make sure there's some water um, in there. And always leave water in the bottom of it because it keeps that rubber seal uh, from drying out. Oh, it can get stinky. It can. So, yeah, and it also creates this moisture barrier so, so odors can't come back up through there. But go ahead and put a little water in that toilet um, and I would say meter your water depending on what you're about to meter in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just leave it at that. Yeah. It's not hard. Don't use a lot of paper if you can help it. Yes. Because that is something that um, can definitely be harder to flush down. Yeah. There's also something in uh, black tanks, which are typically directly under your toilets. They call it the poop pyramid. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah. I'm, I have a visual now, gee, thanks. Yeah, we've never ran into this issue. That is that is a direct result from people not using enough water and using way too much paper. Yeah, so or they, toilet paper that's not correct. True. That's not dissolvable. So they typically just, all the way down, it goes out of the toilet, and they just let the They don't think up. about it. They don't think about it. So if you fill that, that bowl up a good bit, use the restroom, and then hold it down, and I tell everybody count to five, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, right, mm -hmm. up to five, because you need to use a good bit more water than you have waste. And what that's going to do is keep the bottom of, of that tank with more water in it, so whenever paper and stuff does go down in there, it doesn't just pile up directly yeah, under the toilet. It gets, it. it gets in that water, and also that treatment that's in that water to start breaking that paper down. So yeah. use the water well. Now, if you're dry camping... You may have to go go light on it. You got to be a little bit more conservative. You'd be about more that, conservative, yeah. but but if you're at full hookups, use that water well because that's going to keep your smell down and keep everything flowing great. Well, and you also have on RV boards. We've have seen newbies ask, "Well, do I use my bathroom in my camper or do I use the bathhouse?" Yeah. I mean, for the, us. We paid for a bathroom. I'm going to use a bathroom. For sure. The The only reason why we have ever used a bathhouse to take showers in is because we didn't have full hookups. Yeah, that's absolutely and true. And I didn't have my dump wagon with me because we were just traveling through and I didn't want to have to disconnect and go dump because I knew we were there for like a couple of days. Other than that, if if I've got my dump wagon with me or we're full hookups, I am 100% using my entire bathroom. Yeah, this is our house when we're camping, so I want to utilize every bit of it. Yeah, so just use it and figure out the best way for those tools to work. So you don't have the problems because usually if people have problems with it, it's because they're not using it properly. These things are meant to be used. Yes. So use them. All right, staying in the bathroom, um, shower. 
So typically, um, people talk about camper showers or military showers. Um, we, we do try to have our kids and us take shorter showers. If I'm on full hookups though, I don't ever shut the water off. I just, I just rock it and I just take it as quick as I can and I just get out of there. One thing of note though, um, for the shower heads, we've actually upgraded ours, but pretty much all of them have got a little, um, on, you know, on and off switch. Um, so you can shut it off and they will trickle while you have them shut off. And I've heard people say, well, there's something wrong with my shower head because I flipped the switch to off and it still trickles. It's supposed to do that. There's nothing wrong with it. If it didn't trickle, they're afraid that hot water would build up behind it. And when you turned it on, you'd get a blast of hot water. Yeah, you don't want that to happen. So if you're in your camper and you're an RV newbie and you're trying to take short showers, so you turn it on and you and you wet your body first and you turn it off so you can leather and save that water and it's still dripping out, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, that's good. Absolutely normal. So uh, we usually do take shorter uh, showers because even if we're at full hookups, we don't want to waste water. No, we try to be pretty conservative. Yeah, but um, I typically don't do the, the the camper showers where you're shutting the the water on you know on and off at the actual shower head. Now I do for some of my showers, especially if I'm spending a lot of time washing my hair because I'm washing my hair and I need a lot more water to rinse it all out. Yeah, and one reason to do that is if you love hot showers. And I do. <laughs> your your water heaters in campers are not very big. Ours is a six gallon. It's electric and it's gas. And you can burn through that six gallons pretty quickly. Right. And if I want hot water the whole time I'm washing my hair, then I will conserve and turn it off while I'm in the shower. Yes. And some people leave um, their water heater on electric the whole time if they're at full hookups. Nothing wrong with that. You just have to always be thinking that 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 heating element is cycling on and off. Right. And pulling your power. Yeah. And when it's on, you may not know it's on. And if you try to do other things like a um, coffee coffee. pot (laughs) or a microwave at the same time, you could pop a breaker. Not a big deal. You just reset it and keep on going. I typically just turn it off during the day whenever we're not using it. In the evening, I'll turn it on so we can do do showers. One thing of note, though, if you have an electric and a gas one, that's an electric and gas, um, if, if you need the recovery time to be faster, you can turn on the electric side of it and the gas side at the same time. Oh, yeah, and that helps it build up faster. The kids really like that because they can take showers Kind of back to back. That is true. So you're you're not damaging anything. So if they want to take multiple showers back to back, I'll turn the electric on while we're eating dinner. And before they jump in the shower, we'll hit that gas and let the propane fire up too. And then you've got I don't I don't think it makes it double as fast, but it definitely brings that recycle time down so you have more hot water. Um, a lot of people are doing the endless water heaters. Oh yeah, that's a dream. They are pricey and I don't, I don't think it's worth it to do it in this camper because honestly, we've never ran out of hot water. No, we really haven't. Yeah. So, um, we've got our normal electric and gas one. It works great. Another tip from another uh, podcast. I'm going to bring it back. Never call it a hot water heater because you don't heat hot water. Whatever. Don't make a plumber laugh at you. Whatever. (laughs) Speaking of gas things, the oven can be this mystical device oh, that just burns everything that burns you put in Burns all there. the biscuits, all the cookies. So we have found a couple tricks. One of them is order a thermometer. 
off of Amazon. Yeah, those oven safe thermometer. That has been really helpful for us. So I had somebody tell me once that that the reason why typically you'll burn things is you'll turn it on and it takes a lot longer for that little thing to heat up than it does for your for your home oven. So you'll think that it's warm and you'll put it in there and it's really generating a lot of heat still on the bottom and the whole thing hasn't warmed up. So it's not really heating the the top of the biscuits or anything like that. No, it's definitely burning the bottom. It's definitely burning the bottom. So <laughs> put that thermometer in, you know, in there, turn it on 350 and let it get up to 350 before you use it. Also, a lot of people put a pizza stone or some sort of stone in the bottom. Yeah, I've heard that trick. We've not done that we yet. We need to do that because what that's basically doing is blocking some of the direct heat and making it radiate heat. It makes sense. It does make sense. And whenever we're cooking biscuits, flip halfway. Yeah, for us, it's been um, a game changer because we do like a nice biscuit when we're camping. Yep, so flip them biscuits and cookies halfway. <laughs> And they get nice and crispy on both sides. And you can use that oven. I don't care if people tell you that, that it burns everything. You can figure it out and use your oven. Yeah, and it's enjoy trial and error and not be afraid of it. So we've kind of talked about some of the basic inside bathroom functions, the oven function. I hope you know how to use your microwave. If not... Mm, yeah, it's not any different from yours in, in yeah, your house. If not, call your mama because I ain't going to tell you how to use your microwave. <laughs> uh, sink's the same, all that other normal stuff. Um, one, one thing of note about the inside before we move on, um, I did mention that these refrigerators, they don't cool down very quickly. We've been really lucky with ours. It works very well. It does. But just like your grandma used to tell you, don't try to cool the whole neighborhood. Open it up, get out whatever you need to get out and close it back up. That's going to help it stay at that constant temperature. I also have a thermometer in the refrigerator just to kind of let me know that we're at a safe level because I don't want to ever reach in there and be like, well, it kind of feels cool and then end up eating something that we've allowed to get warm and make us sick. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, we definitely, we like having that, but we've never had an issue. And um we also make sure that when we're at a campsite and we're on full hookups that our refrigerator is on electric energy and not propane energy. Oh, that's a that's a good tip. Um, the way ours is made, it's a domatic. You either can put it on 100% gas or either auto. And if it's on auto, it'll automatically flip to electric. So what I typically do before we take off, if I want to leave it on propane, I turn it on dedicated propane. And I actually run outside and I listen to it. Make sure it fires. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure that it's actually running. You're supposed to get a, a blinking light or a solid light if something's not right. But um, once we get to the campground and I get hooked up, I turn it on auto. And that means that there's a little heating element that runs off of your 110. Um, keeps everything flowing so you don't have to keep burning your propane. So that is a very good tip, Brandy. Look at me helping with the tips. The brandy tip. Moving outdoors. RV newbies, like we said, don't try to bring the whole neighborhood with you. <laughs> don't do it all. Uh-uh. So outside areas, typically at most RV parks, um, you have some sort of direct area right out of your front door. Usually it's not paved unless you're at more of a private park. Most uh, states, are, yeah. campgrounds are gravel or dirt. So we do recommend getting one of those RV um, mats. Yeah, Scott doesn't like the inside of the camper getting a little dirty, if you haven't noticed by now. Yeah, so that, that mat gives you an opportunity to kind of bang your feet off. And also it just keeps, it's just a nice area to say, this, it is. this is my front yard. 
Um, we typically don't travel with any kind of um, fire pit. We, we don't usually take ours. We just use whatever's there. If there's one provided, yeah. Yeah, and, and we do bring fire starters with us just so we have that. But we usually buy local wood because they, they won't let you bring outside wood in because right. you can bring... Um, little creatures that don't yep. belong also in that area. Also, check your campground regulations about bringing in firewood. Yeah, we typically only bring our um, washer bin fire pit if we're going to stay somewhere a long time locally. Because yeah. I don't want to carry the extra weight. No, no, no. So one of the reasons why I don't bring that fire pit, um, it's just going to depend on why we're going. So if we're going to a destination trip, which we're using our camper just for um, lodging, while we're there, we typically don't take anything. We'll we'll still put the rug out. Sometimes we'd even put our awning out because we are just using this thing to sleep in, eat in, take showers. Yeah, we're gone and take all day. Off. But if we're going to camp and we're not really leaving, we'll go ahead. We've got the awning out. We've got the lights on the awning. Mm-hmm. We have we, chairs. We've got chairs. We we have a foldable table that I've got my black stone on. Yeah, ready y'all, to go. a Blackstone is a nice little perk. We'll, it is. You either we'll, love we'll it. put that in the show notes. Or you either hate it. Um, you either love it or, or you hate it. Um, it is definitely something nice to um, cook on. Yes. So even though for your RV newbies, we say do not bring everything with you, you're going to learn what's important to you and to your family during a camp trip. So um, as you're camping, if you guys want to hang out in a hammock, you're going to bring hammocks with you when you go, if that's important to you. If you want to bring your zero gravity chair so you can take an awesome nap, you're going to do that too. But if you're going to be gone from your camper all day, then you're going to make sure that you've got things outside so you can see when you come home in the evenings and it's dark. You're going to make sure that your lights are on. You're going to make sure that your rug is out. Um, you're just going to learn what's important to you and to your family. There is no right or wrong way to do it. We usually generate trash. Um, as a family of four with yes. two dogs, we generate lots of trash. So most campsites do not have trash pickup. So they either have dedicated spots around the campground or one centralized with the big dumpsters, right? So when I'm pulling in, a lot of times I'll make a mental note of where that dumpster is. Because that way, whenever I need to take the trash out, I know if it's a walking distance or if it's a driving distance. And if you want to be a real camper newbie, this is what you do. (laughs) (laughs) I know where he's going with this You get in your truck and you tie all your trash up and you either put your trash on in the bed of your truck on your tonneau cover or right up in front of your front windshield, right on your hood if there's nothing that's going to leak on And you idle through the campground with your dump wagon on your tailgate. <laughs> and on your, your trash hood, on your hood. And your trash on your hood. You look like a real camper. So uh, people will really think it's like, hey, that cat knows what he's doing. <laughs> but go ahead and try to locate those trash spots. So that way you're not having to um, walk a half a mile to dump whenever you really need to jump in your car. And, and the next time that you're going out to grab something, take it with you. Campground etiquette. Um, this can wildly vary depending on where you are and what people consider normal here are some of the things that I consider normal that I would do no matter where I am. I'm going to keep my pets with me. Oh, yeah. I'm going to keep them on my campsite. If we're walking them, I'm not going to allow them to walk in other people's campsites unless somebody invites them in. Yeah. Common courtesy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids, same rule as pets. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you went pets first, then kids. Just do the same thing. Um, bikes. Um, talk to your kids about some states, it's a law for them to wear helmets. 
Yeah, right. Know your helmet laws. Yes, yeah, so and always abide by them. them. And it's probably a pretty good idea to have a helmet on anyway. Let's just be honest with each other. Yeah. Um, walking through other people's camp spots. Yeah, this one gets kind of iffy. Now, some spots you can tell that if you camp near a bathhouse or near the trash, there's a clear walk path, and people are going to be walking near your campsite. Nothing you can do about that. That's luck of the draw. You know, never get that campsite again. Right. But if you're just taking a shortcut to the lake or a shortcut to get somewhere. To the other campsites. Yeah. Don't walk through somebody else's campsites unless you've met them and you've become friends. I just think that's really rude. And that that goes back to maybe you can get out and meet some people. And once you know them, you'll be like, hey, what's up, Bill? Walk through his campsite. He's like, what's up, dude? So, but definitely don't just walk through people's campsites that you don't know. And you also need to know your campground's rules about quiet time. That's going to vary depending on where you're staying. Most of them, it's quiet hours after 10. And so they're going to require you to turn off the football game or they're going to require you to turn off the music or your outdoor movie or whatever, or at least keep it to a normal volume. Um, You're not going to have kids outside hooting and hollering and whatever after quiet time because, I mean, it's quiet time. People are getting ready to go to sleep. Yeah, I mean, nobody's trying to push your politics on you. They're just asking you to be quiet. <laughs> you're, I mean, let's just be you're courteous. Like, yeah, you're like one of hundreds of people there. So um, just because you enjoy a 2 a.m. howl at the moon doesn't mean the guy next to you does. So if the quiet time starts at 10, um, try to be quiet. Just honor and respect your neighbor, and I think it would go a long way. Check out time. It's usually kind of a love-hate with checkout time because it's kind of exciting because you're about to pack up and sometimes you're ready to get back home to get back to your normal. But as you start packing up, you get really sad because you're about to leave. Yeah, that's never a lot of fun for me. It's never fun. We usually start checkout the day before. Yeah, we're, we're kind of nerds that way. We try to be really... Um, respectful of the checkout time sometimes we have been to campgrounds where the campground host is literally at the edge of our campsite saying hey you've got 10 minutes you need to be out and they're with their clipboard yeah well, I'm, this clipboard is scary and brandy tells him to go back and water his potted plants and leave us alone listen i do not <laughs> i respect the camp out so the checkout time one of the tips for like checking out is if if you know that your checkout time is at 11 a.m. and you enjoy sleeping in till 9, go ahead and pack out um, all of your outdoor stuff. Make mm-hmm. sure it's 100% put up. Um, even your rug, pick it up. If, if it's wet, go ahead and put it on the picnic table and sweep that thing off, off and yeah. let it dry out. So in the morning, all you have to do is roll it up. Um, that's, just, that's just how we roll. We just try to get the outside pretty much ready. Um, before we go to bed, we'll go ahead and wash all the dishes and Maybe even go ahead and prep breakfast so we don't have to dirty anything back up. Um, go ahead and clean some of the inside of the campers. Use that uh, vacuum cleaner that, that you bought off that Amazon link. Mm-hmm, because that's your favorite oh, handy-dandy tool. I love that little red vacuum cleaner. <laughs> and, uh, you know, vacuum your floors. Um, if you have puppy dogs, go ahead and get get their food out and ready to rock in the morning. Um, I think it just helps... Um, Dumping your your tanks, I typically don't do that till in the morning whenever we're ready to leave if we're at a Yeah, because we're still trying to get ready and there's still potty yeah. breaks to be had. Absolutely. And-, and you should never dump your tanks before they're about two-thirds full. That That is a tip that I haven't mentioned if you're an RV newbie. Um, so 
for a two or three day trip, even with four of us, we do not fill our black tank up half generally. We just don't. Yeah. So that that morning, I'll start running extra water down it because you need all that water in there to help flush that tank out. And you want it flushed out very yes. well. And I always try to uh, leave my gray tank pretty full if we're about to leave because that's the last thing that, that you're going to dump that's going to help flush out your sewer hose. So you're going to dump black first and then gray. Yup. And um, what I'll typically do is dump my black. I'll do a little bit of gray and stop it. And then I'll fill my black up to about half with just clear water and then dump it again to help flush it. Um, they've also got flush um, units. That I've got one that you uh, put on the, the valve that adds another valve that I can back flush it. Some campers have the black tank flush where you hook a hose up and you just turn it on. If you're going to turn that thing on, do not walk away. Like, stay there. <laughs> I've heard horror stories about people filling their black tank up and it started oozing at the yeah. top because they oh, walked their dog. No, so don't walk your stay dog. Stay there with it. But if you have time um, and if you don't have a clean out at your house that whenever you get home or your storage unit where you can flush your tanks, go ahead and do it if you're on full hookups. Flush that tank before you leave because um, that will definitely be good the next time that you go and it starts out clean. Absolutely. And never leave those tanks slam empty too. Always leave a little water with a treatment in them because empty tanks usually start stinking. We don't want smellies. All right. Getting out of your spot. Same as getting in there. Have someone spot you because there is always a tree that you forgot about. Or a pothole or a tree stump or a fire pit. Or as I was backing into a site last year, um guy pulling forward in a brand new 3500 pickup truck with a brand new fifth wheel both had drive out tags on them when he was pulling forward i thought he was re i thought he was readjusting awning 100 percent out oh yes i totally remember that so i'm like watching him and i'm backing in so i stop i, I kind of clear the road and i put my truck in park and i'm watching him i'm i'm, I'm like that dude's brave there's a lot of trees and he's just trying to wiggle over i'm like oh no he's leaving so I jump out of the truck and I wave him down. I go, hey, man, your uh, awning's out. Be a helper, guys. Yeah, be a helper. He's like, oh, man, I can't believe that I did that. So do that walk around and make sure all the um, awnings in. And as people spotting you, teach them, like teach your kids and your wife as they're spotting you to always keep their eyes up and down, up and down. You're always looking for things that don't tree work limbs. right. Yes, tree limbs. Um, I typically do blow off the top of our slide before we leave because it gets a lot of pine straw. That's, yeah, depending on where we camp, it sure does. Yeah, so that is another thing I do before we start pulling out. Um, one other little tip is if there's a gas station close, if you can go and get gas in your truck before you hook up, that's one less thing you have to worry about is pulling through a gas station with your camper. Yeah, that's true. Another night before tip is to fuel up if you can. Yeah, especially if you're out uh, grabbing getting a ice bite cream. to eat or getting ice cream <laughs> to kind of put a big uh, exclamation mark on your camping trip. Uh, go ahead and fill up. So the next morning, y'all don't have to stop and you can just take off and keep on rocking and rolling. And that concludes RV Newbie. Well, it might not conclude. No, it doesn't. You're going to continue to learn every <laughs> single time that you go out. Um, last time I, I dropped my camper off for a friend to like use. I've used our Anderson levelers four or five times and I pulled up on them and I was staring at this tire like, where does the chalk go? I have no idea. I just totally <laughs> blanked like an idiot. 
So every time you had people standing around watching me, (laughs) so every time that you go out, you're going to always learn. So there's, there's never this, this, um, end of you. No, there's not, there's not a finite point on RV knowledge. No. And, uh, be a friend to your other campers. I think Brandy mentioned earlier, if, if, if you see someone doing something that just really looks dumb and they look like they're really about to take off with something down, or um, do something, go over and very friendly tell them. And if they fuss at you, say, God bless, and you walk away. <laughs> and let them but, rip their awning off. Yeah, and um, if you do see an RV newbie pull up after you're no longer an RV newbie, um, I always give them a little bit. I give them a little bit of time. And then I'll casually go and go, hey, man, would you like help? Or are you guys cool? And um, most people are cool with with help. They're either super frustrated because nobody's ever been taught how to help somebody back up. Yeah, because you buy this RV. There is no RV driving school. That is well, true. Well, I mean, there is, but probably. But there's really not. They yeah. don't. They don't require you to practice when you're pulling it off the lot. And not many of us are just going to take it to an empty parking lot and practice backing in. I didn't. No. Although that sounds like fun. You would totally love that. I would love to set the cones up and, and uh, try that. <laughs> but anyway, thank you for uh, making it through episode one and two of RV Newbie. So hopefully this was helpful to you guys. So we're encouraging you to start cramming memories. Into everyday life. <laughs>